we're hoping this podcast is will be a little bit of encouragement in a in a time when, um, frankly, I think most of us could use a little bit of that from time to time. And actually, got quite a few quite a few great responses of things highlighting great things that we can use moving forward. A lot of teachers mentioned that they've loved being able to see the setting of a child. I agree. It's those it's those micro microseconds, those micro interactions. Yep. is how we build our relationships. Students are taking on responsibility increased in technology skills ownership independence comes in into play there there is more choice we've we've learned to appreciate that virtual time the, the development of new assessment tools mm. and for me it's been the use of the use of flipgrid forced creativity a, a different type of behavior, classroom management you get to see this dog that dwarfs them that's twice the size as the child how a teacher put on there that they can teach and they can learn from anywhere Welcome, physical educators. This is Thinking PE. Because FIAD is more than just fun and games. I'm Stacy Nelson. And I'm Jamie Seneca. And it's our goal to dig deeper beyond the activities that make your class awesome. So buckle up and join us on this journey. Welcome to another edition of Thinking PE. Since this is Thinking PE, Jamie, you know what I've been thinking? Please tell us, what are you thinking? <laughs> I'm thinking uh, this COVID thing has been traumatic to the whole education system, not only nationwide, but probably worldwide. It, it's just been absolutely brutal. Yeah. Agreed. I just um, you, you hear about it all the time. There's conversations about how we're worried about these kids and what's going to be the long-term effects. And again, this isn't just in our district or in our state or in our country. This is, this is worldwide. And, uh, and we've heard so much about it and I don't wanna downplay that one bit because th those are legitimate concerns. But you know, you and I got talking, we're thinking, um, why don't we give, why don't we give uh, some time to the other side, the, the positive side, because everything is not negative in this deal. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. We sent out a survey, put it out there on social, put it out there on social media, got a number of responses just asking, what are some of the positive things that we've, we can take from this, uh, from this pandemic and specifically the distance learning? What what has what good has come out of it, and actually got quite a few quite a few great responses of things highlighting great things that we can use moving forward. Yeah, and so it, it was kind of, I guess the word I'm thinking of is encouraging. Um, yeah, we're hoping this podcast is will be a little bit of encouragement in a in a time when, um, frankly, I think most of us could use a little bit of that from time to time. So um, we're going to kind of just bop around in the survey this is these are not in any specific order or ranked priority wise or the ones that came in the most office or anything like that these are just things jamie and i felt like wow you know what that's a great idea that's a, that's a great thought you know and the first one to chat about and not to rank them but this one did pop up quite a bit in people's responses was just was just an, an a general term a general phrase of increased in technology skills and yeah. overarching I, I think we can all agree that We've found new skills, developed new skills, honed existing skills in, in the world of technology. Yeah. And that's not just for the teachers or just for the kids. It's it's both, really. And, and the parents included, I guess, in that is everybody's been kind of forced to jump on the bandwagon and figure out how to Zoom or Google Meet or some other means of getting um, in, in communication and, and people are doing it as families. But specifically in education, when you're doing distance learning, boy, yeah, it's really how many teachers, you know, one year ago today could 
create a video at their desktop and upload it and get it into a platform where students could view it. Um, I don't know how many, but the, <laughs> the number's a lot lower. <laughs> so it, that's been a big one for sure. Well, I, I, I agree. You know, we used to, last spring, a number of us were using other people's videos that they created and using links and YouTube videos that are out there, whether, you know, a cosmic yoga or whatever, whatever it was. But now we find ourselves, we are the ones actually creating our own. And that, that's a big jump. And, you know, other things just, in the spring, it was a big step to meet with a class live. And now yep. we're starting to tap, tap into the world of uh, not just live, but like breakout rooms and, and yeah. really, really advancing our skills and the student skills as well in, in that virtual setting. Yeah. And as the students become more adept and the teachers do, it just escalates quickly to what you can do and what you can expect. And I, I foresee a time where if this continues for a few more months, where, you know, even having down to first graders, possibly kindergartners even be able to submit a video of themselves doing a, you know, for PE, you know, it's possible that some, some of these kids can submit videos and show you what they're doing. And we can actually uh, maybe even assess through those tools and, and basically not be as limited nearly as much as we were six months ago. Yeah, es escalated quickly. I like that because it reminds me of all that movie Anchorman with Will Ferrell when uh, they, get in a, they get in a battle with network TV it's like all of a sudden they bring out the chains and stuff like wow that really escalated quickly so, Let, so let's, just, let's use escalation in a positive yeah uh, positive you know, but it, uh when we when we get our evaluations our annual or, or how often you have your evaluations from your administrator one of those boxes is generally how does a teacher incorporate technology into their teaching and you know as fiat teachers oftentimes they can see people struggle how does what, what does that look like in fiat and why, why did that just take a whole new look Yep. When, when we get back to a, a normal class setting and normal evaluations, it's going to be a little bit easier to get that box checked. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and the more confidence you have, the more you're likely you're to break out of your old boxes and look for new ways and, and be able to incorporate Absolutely. new things even when we get the kids back in person. Sure. So another area that I found fascinating was... Uh, an, and it's just to me, it's the impact that physical education can have. And it's the increased fitness when it's actually focused on. Is that a number, because of equipment or whatever, a number of teachers are focusing on, on the fitness or, or possibly the yoga aspect of physical education. Uh, and they are seeing great improvements in, in students' overall health. And to me, that just puts a stamp on the validation for physical education. Yeah. And to go along with that, a few teachers mentioned about teach, that students are taking on responsibility for their, um, for their education. And that's for some teachers, they're seeing their kids that overflows into they're taking responsibility for their health. They've decided they're gonna go to bed a little bit earlier. They decided they're gonna have, you know, carrots as a snack instead of the Snickers bar, at least once in a while. And they're going to, they just feel that their students are growing in this ability to take this on themselves, not just the learning, but their overall, decisions they make throughout their day. You know, and independence comes in into play there. Yeah. Students, some teachers commented that uh, student independence were their, their ability to, to work independently, to get on and meet independently, yeah. to set time time management. Um, you know, and, and we, we do need to acknowledge that some kids are thriving at home in that, yeah. that there are, there are, um, there are absolutely, there are students that are struggling but there's also some students that thrive with that, with that independence. Yeah. Again, I want to make sure we're pointing out that none of this is to negate 
the real struggles that certain students are having, but it's to kind of acknowledge that some, some students are just really taken off and it's, it's really given them a sense of independence. It's really given them a sense of ownership because there is more choice in a day for them and they thrive with those choices. You know, and to acknowledge the students that are struggling. So we have these students that, that, that are thriving in this situation. I think what we do there is you, you take and you analyze what, what is it that's making this group of students succeed in, in this setting and take those lessons learned and apply it to the, to, to hopefully apply it to the students that are struggling, whether, and, and, and again, it's just analyze the why. Yeah, I think that'll, I think that'll help us. Um, it was interesting, one kindergarten teacher um, wrote in about the idea of this time that was saved. I'm guessing she started out without um, being in school at all. And so they didn't take time to go through all the procedural things that you need to teach kindergartners. Now that'll be need to be taught at some time, at some point, but they were able to jump right into academics and get right into things. And from the, her comments in the, in the survey, it sounded like that was a real benefit to her that these kids actually gained some time. And so in, in one way of looking at it, that wow, we, we dove right into looking at colors and whatever else they do at the beginning of a school year for kindergartners. Again, like you, I think you were saying, what, what procedural things would it be? And I suppose it's like learning to stand in line, learning how to get lunch and learning, you know, I don't know what other- Yeah, bathroom breaks. Things. Yeah. So yeah, as you cut those time things out and now you've gained a little bit more than you would if you were in school. Again, not saying it's better than being in school, but there, there are some positives there. Yeah, there is, there is absolutely something to be said about learning the skill of how to school, how, right. to, how, to, how to be at school. Yeah. Um, but again, you also now you can allocate that time to, to other things. And um, we don't know the long-term impacts of that, but um, there is definitely something to be said of the importance of just learning how to, how to be at school. Yep. And the, the, social, the social interactions, the problem solvings at recess, uh, th those sort of things. Yep. You know, another thing uh, a few different teachers brought up in different ways is the teacher's ability to give one-on-one -one attention through distance learning. Um, I think some teachers are having one-on-one -on -one time, um, others are having small groups, and, and both of those were kind of mentioned in the survey about how the teachers have really noticed that it really helps to be able to give the kids one-on-one -on -one time or even, you know, groups of four and hone in on that, and it really is effective when you can just take four kids at a time. I don't know if they're doing breakout rooms or just, I know some teachers just schedule times throughout the day when only four to five of their students are on at a time. Lots of different ways to do it, but that one-on-one -on -one time or small group time, teachers are really jumping in on the survey and saying that's valuable time. And I think it's just the virtual time as a whole, when you have those meets, you, you realize the importance of that time and try to maximize every second of that to interact with the students and build relationships with, with each other. So it, it's, we've, we've learned to appreciate that virtual time. Yep. And some teachers are actually going another level with not just making that good one-on-one -on -one time, but they're giving students extra duties. Maybe I you call it leadership. You know, certain things need to be done to, uh, 
to maintain a, a classroom and some like the some teachers have calendars and so one was talking about they put one teach one student in charge of the calendar another one is in charge of reminding her to record <laughs> that she just makes sure you hit that record button you know just giving those kids still the those responsibilities ownership, ownership in into hey this is a class these are all the things we need to do and you you can highlight those it's just the same as in the classroom. I mean, I'm guessing in the classroom, you do a similar thing, put people in charge of different different things that need to be done. Similar things are done here and it, it provides that ownership, that independence. And it's like, I'm, I'm giving something. I'm not just showing up to get my assignment. I'm a valuable part of this class. Yeah, you're a contributor. Yeah. So a big one that's came for me and I saw it in the, in the survey there as well was, was uh, the, the development of new assessment tools. Mm. And for me, it's been the use of, the use of Flipgrid, using Flipgrid as a as a tool to interact with the students, but also now trying to trying to dabble into uh, using that as a, as an assessment tool. Yeah, that fits in that technology piece. It's yeah, it's. I think you used a term earlier today when we were talking. It's like forced creativity or something like that. It was like, yeah, that kind of fits. You're being forced to look at. Okay, you're trying Flipgrid to see if this works. To see, I, I want to be able to assess. I want to be able to see these kids to see if they're actually managing to do the skills that I'm asking in the practice. I want to see them improve. That's otherwise as a teacher, we can get way down. If you if you just give assignments and you never see improvement, at least for FIED teachers, it feels like a lot of us thrive on that. We we love to see a kid that couldn't jump rope. But after two, you know, two or three practice sessions, now that person's able to get it. And I, I think that feeds us. And I think it's important to be able to use these new assessment tools like Flipgrid to, to help us out in that area. You know, let's go back to the creativity and wh where does that even come from? And I think that's a positive that's come out of out of this pandemic is the groups that we've established. And, you know, me, me personally, I come with an idea. This is what I want to do. How am I going to do it? So I can I can lean on on tech coaches at school, colleagues at school, tighter groups now, but also we've got the groups in social media, yeah, um, Facebook groups, Twitter, that you just take an idea, you put it out there and it's the overwhelming response that you'll get. Yeah. On, on the how to. So you, you just kind of give the what you want to do and you can uh, you can come up with a how to pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, jumping in on what some other teachers have mentioned about um, management online. You've done a little bit more um, distance teaching than I have. Not a lot, but a little bit more. more. Have you noticed behaviors are less, more about the same? What, what have you noticed? When it comes to that, that's a, that's actually a loaded question, because I, I the more I think about it, it's just a a different type of classroom management. That yeah. in the virtual setting, I see it, it it is more of engaging of getting you you need to be off your off your bed, and in the virtual setting, you can actually ignore a lot more than you could in a regular setting, where if or if a student's being disruptive, you can you can mute them. Yeah. If, if it comes to that, or if it's something inappropriate, you can actually just end the meeting for them yeah. and, and revisit, revisit, revisit that as well. So it's just, it's a different form of classroom management. Um, as I think about it, I don't know that it's less, like I say, it's just a different form. Yeah. So it seemed like in the survey, people were kind of leaning towards, they just felt there was a little bit less time of theirs, of theirs that was spent on managing classroom behavior. Um, it, and again, that's just a survey. So the teachers that, that put that out there as, uh, as yeah. something that's a positive 
they, they're not spending that kind of time dealing with the, the big issues in class. And, and I, I th right there is where it is, is unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because in, in the gym, they're working together. You're developing those relationships in yeah. small groups. So with that also comes some problem solving yep. skills that have to be developed and taught. Where in a virtual setting, you don't have so in class, you might have to deal with student to student negative interactions. In the virtual setting, that's pretty minimal. Yeah. And, and I say that's unfortunate because that also means they're not getting that interaction. Right. But we're talking about the positives, so that fits into yeah. It, it, there's there, there's always a drawback, but yeah, you can allocate that time for something else. Yeah, at least at least you're dealing with with those. Um, one other thing that I don't I want to make sure is we're getting close to wrap up here. That we're touch on is several people have mentioned gets back to that one on one piece, and I forgot to mention it earlier is when a lot of teachers mentioned that they've loved being able to see the setting of a child, um, their brothers and sisters, um, you know, the three-year-old, you know, three-year-old little sister that just kind of waddles through the, the, the screen. You get to meet me, you know, or the, you know, everybody, I've never met so many pets as how many met I met when we did this in the spring. Um, and, but these, that's a big part of these kids' life. And now you get mm -hmm. to, you get to see this dog that's it dwarfs them. That's twice the size as the child. And, you know, and, it just gives a little bit more context and meaning and feels like you really get to know the kids and the reverse is true for you. If you can show a little bit of your house and they, you know, they meet your kids maybe walking by or that type of a thing. I, I think that's a real positive that you can't get in a, just a school setting. I agree. It's those, it's those micro microseconds, those micro interactions yep. is how we build our relationships. And um, we've talked about it before, how we're not going to build that in-depth relationship with 650 kids. No. We just, just time is the factor there, but in each individual second, you can make that kid feel like, and, and no, not just feel, but know that they, they are the most important thing in that moment right there is you, and you show that by taking the time to, to see, to see Fluffy the big dog. That's right. Yeah. And it seems like a waste of time, but I don't think you could call it a waste of time because I, I think those connections, I like what you said, micro connections or um, micro yeah we'll call it micro connections I like yeah that. it's just they they add up i think they make uh, a serious impact anything else that jumped out at you from what te from a teacher's perspectives from the survey well i say i totally agree with that with that we call that the glass house is now families they can they can see 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 us see our teaching and yeah. hopefully that's a, and hopefully that's a positive um yeah. see what we're actually doing but you know another one of the last ones we saw on there was how a teacher put on there that they can teach and they can learn from anywhere. And I thought that was that was fascinating that we have we have initially our teaching space was confined to the walls of a gym, and yeah. now it has grown to you can actually be on vacation in Florida, and we can connect. Yeah, you can teach. Yeah, from there if you if you wanted to, we <laughs> may have to try that. Yeah, we might be onto something here. Talk about a positive. <laughs> yeah, hey, Mr. S is uh he's on a virtual beach run. No, actually, I'm on a beach run right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to show you kids how to stay healthy, breathe in nice fresh air. I love it. I love it. Yeah, so kind of to wrap this up, you know, it's again we want to acknowledge that the the, the pandemic is not good. It, it's been brutal on education. It's, it's going to have long lasting effects, but we want to take a moment to focus on that. There are some positive things that come out of it. 
And some of those positive things are the, the are just the change that it promotes. And when when we can embrace that change, that's when we that's when we can really see some growth. And that is thinking PE. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Thinking PE. Find us on all your favorite podcast providers by searching Thinking PE. For more resources and videos, go to www.thinkingpe.com. Thanks for listening.